All right, let's do it. Starting with Matthew Stafford. Now, this looked like a series of medium severity hits to the thumb, and there were three of them in the game. The good news about that is that I didn't see any one drastic play that looked like this definitely tore his ligament. Now, if there's just a sprain, which is what I'm more or less leaning towards at this point, then it's possible for Stafford to potentially get back this coming week. And in our databases, he does profile as one of the most durable players, and especially quarterbacks. So given that history, you would expect Stafford to really try to push the envelope on his return. The key is getting swelling back and then getting enough strength to be able to return and grip the ball. Now, if the ligament is torn and he'll probably get an MRI Monday to find out for sure one way or another, then you're probably looking at surgery and at least six weeks out. Next up is Drake London. It looked like he had a groin strain when he came down. He got sandwiched between two defenders on a big catch in the air. And the average on these is about one week. There is a range of severity. So we'll follow his practice reports most heavily, and that'll really tell us the most information from here. Amon Ross St. Brown playing Monday night. You, he has this illness designation, and truthfully, you, most of these are usually played through. Ideally, you don't want to see it come this late in the week. So the timing of this, it makes it a little bit more dicey. With that being said, we would lean towards Amon Ross St. Brown playing, but with a performance hit. Darren Waller, not a lot of optimism here. This is an age 30 player, extensive soft tissue history, including two prior season ending hamstring strains. And now you're looking at another hamstring. And he came into the week with one of these as well. So Darren Waller, we're expecting a multi-week absence. Average on this situation would be three weeks. Really wouldn't be surprised if he ends up on the IR. Next is Kirk Cousins. Being fearing that he tore his Achilles means he almost certainly tore his Achilles. The examination with just manually examining it is usually pretty obvious. Now with Kirk Cousins, the comeback for him, week one of next year is a very realistic target, but the comeback with him and Aaron Rodgers is inevitably going to get compared, but I think it's actually very different because Kirk Cousins tore his right Achilles, Rodgers tore his left, and they're both right-handed quarterbacks. So when you're throwing the ball forcefully, the force comes a lot from driving off of that back leg. So Cousins, I think you see him back next year, but probably losing some zip on the ball. Rodgers, that left leg is, obviously it's involved, but it's a little bit more of a stance. It's, a, it's not pushing off as much. So for Rodgers, I think you see him back potentially as early as this postseason. Kenny Pickett looked like he has a rib contusion. The average on these is one to two weeks. I suspect for Pickett, given that he's played through injuries where we expected him to sit before, that he's going to try to come back. It's really asking a lot given that they're playing on Thursday night. So my suspicion is he misses one game and then comes back the following week. Deontay Johnson and Travis Etienne both left briefly and returned. So not huge concern there. But Deontay Johnson has this hamstring tightness going into the week. So anytime you see him going to the medical tent, there's fingers crossed because he is at a very high re-injury risk for the rest of this season. 
Travis Etienne was averaging four yards per carry before he went out with a low ankle sprain and then returned and averaged two yards per carry afterwards. Some suspicion that the ankle was involved there. He did have one very large run after the catch that sort of made the stats look okay in the session that he came back after. With that being said, most mild low ankles aren't going to cause multi-week sort of injuries or performance impacts rather. So Travis Etienne, we're expecting week nine to be back at full strength. Then Tyrod Taylor went to the hospital and being hospitalized for observation essentially means you think the patient's going to be okay, but you're doing that as a bit of a precaution. Most likely Tyrod Taylor has a rib fracture here and they're monitoring him to make sure all his breathing and organs and everything are okay. My suspicion is he misses at least one week and then tries to come back week 10. Minka Fitzpatrick looks like a at least moderate severity hamstring. Average on that is two to three weeks. The Steelers have been a little bit conservative with hamstrings recently with Firemouth and Deontay Johnson, so wouldn't be totally surprised if he ends up on the IR, but about three weeks is the typical here. Then Jalen Carter getting an MRI of his back. Now, that is obviously not ideal, but it's not a death sentence by any means. Jalen Carter, most young players with back injuries are not multi-week absences, so we'll follow his practice reports to know for week 9 status, but my suspicion is he's going to try to come back week 9 or 10, assuming there's no underlying structural abnormality with the back. Then Curtis Samuel, he came into the week with questionable designation for a foot injury and then he had a toe injury sustained on top of that that usually means the combination of those things usually means he's going to be out at least one week desmond ritter he left was in concussion protocol already passed it so we suspect he will be back week nine without any performance hit and then we have a couple of Bengals who we have strong reason for optimism for we've everybody's been following the joe burrow injury pretty closely Joe Burrow looked like his old self, and that's really what you would expect. He's now six weeks out from the re-aggravated calf strain, and he, at this point, symptomatically, he probably doesn't have a lot of symptoms, really. The key, though, is that the re-injury risk is still in the moderate range of uh, risk for about two more weeks. So after that point, after about week 10, Joe Burrow is basically in the clear. T. Higgins Also, optimism here, he had that rib fracture sustained about four weeks ago. The rib fracture performance hit lasts, in general, about three weeks. So we saw T. Higgins look like his old self. I think that's what you're going to be seeing going forward. Next, we have a couple of older running backs. Raheem Mostert to start. He didn't have his normal workload, it seems. And I think that can be explained by the fact that he came in questionable with a low ankle sprain. This is the typical progression that you see typically you do see a minimal impact on a per touch efficiency but older running backs do tend to see fewer touches when they come back from this injury so expect subsequent weeks for Raheem Mostert to return back to normal and then Aaron Jones only had seven carries I think this also has a lot to do with one his age as an older running back and two the fact that he had a hamstring strain that was re-aggravated and he entered the week with a questionable tag as well. So Aaron Jones, 
probably going to take a little bit slower of a route to his normal workload than Raheem Mostert. But I suspect in the next two to three weeks, you're looking at the normal Aaron Jones. Next, Devontae Smith. He looked like his old self. And that is probably what you should expect going forward. Devontae Smith had two pretty weak performances going into this week. But he was also intermittently listed with a hamstring strain. And that's important because hamstrings for wide receivers do tend to drop their per-touch efficiency. So Devontae Smith is probably back to normal. This was his first week not at all being listed on the report at any point. And we are optimism, optimistic that that is the way it will maintain. Next is Traylon Burks. For fantasy owners, I think this is a reasonable buy low target. And especially if Will Levis is going to be looking good. Traylon Burks had zero catches. This was his first game back from a knee sprain. And if you remember back to training camp, he had a pretty severe looking knee sprain. They called it an LCL. And while Vrabel came out and said, this is not the same injury, this is not a re-aggravation of the old injury, it's on the same knee. And that raises some red flags because having two injuries on the same knee means you come back with, the data says, a high re-injury risk as well as a moderate to severe performance impact and that's really what we saw here so Traylon Burks that performance impact usually lasts about three games so as long as he's able to avoid re-injury during that time we have optimism for him going forward next Jalen Ramsey really glad to see him back on the field he looked very good obviously had a pick in as part of his return Jalen Ramsey should be ramping up pretty quickly he's a 90 plus percentile athlete and therefore, the data is very favorable for him to make a full return to his pre-injury level and especially to accelerate that return. So Jalen Ramsey, probably in the next four weeks is usually what the ramp-up period is, is consistently looking like a star. Von Miller is inching his way back from his ACL. Now, you have to remember with Von Miller, although he's also an elite athlete, he's aged, over age 30. And it's a really tough position to return to as a pass rusher because you're reacting all the time. So with Von Miller, we expect this comeback to be slow, probably four-game ramp-up. And then looking at his performance increasing towards the end of the year at around week 12 to 14 range is where we have him hitting his 90% performance level. So Von Miller, we do think he will get back, but it will be slow. Cam Hayward sounds like he's almost ready to return. We'd expect it week 10 to 11 based on the way things have progressed so far. And similarly with Andrew Thomas, he did practice this week. He had the re-aggravated hamstring strain that has kept him out quite a while. Now, Andrew Thomas, we're expecting for week 9 or 10, depending on how aggressive they want to be. My suspicion is week 9 based on the comments so far. Then a couple of weird timelines. Deshaun Watson, no, nobody's got a weirder situation than this. The fact that they got an MRI just last week suggests that this is not improving as they expected. And this was actually his second MRI, if you remember. So there's nothing structurally torn in there, but he's still having symptoms. So with that in mind, we would suspect that Deshaun Watson misses one more week probably comes back the following again there's nothing structurally torn in there but he's having symptoms of a strain so it's hard to imagine him returning immediately 
Also, if you watch game footage from the few throws he did have in week seven, it looks like he's pushing the ball rather than following through. And that's where your subscap muscle, your rotator cuff, which is strained in him, would be involved. So Deshaun Watson, probably week 10 is my thought. Then Kyler Murray, also my thought is leaning towards week 10 here. Part of this is the Cardinals not wanting to push him back too early, but it does sound like he's pretty healthy at this point. And so I'm not overly concerned about this. I think they're just slow playing the return because why rush it? But with the Cardinals being bad, so with Kyler Murray, we suspect week 10, most quarterbacks don't see a hit to their passing performance. But with their rushing performance, that drops pretty significantly the first year back. Week one of next year, for you dynasty owners out there, this should be back to normal. But this year projects to be not so hot for Kyler Murray. Next is Justin Fields. We do suspect he's going to try to make it back week nine. Part of that is related to Justin Fields' whole contract and real career situation, being that if he doesn't play well this year, then he's kind of out of the out of at least the Bears starting gig. But usually with these thumb injuries, it takes about two or three weeks for the swelling to go down and for that grip strength to return once the swelling does go down. So Justin Fields sounds like he's headed on that trajectory. So we do think week nine is a very realistic target. David Montgomery very likely coming back right after the bye. The average on these is about two to three weeks. He'll have had a little over three at this point when he comes back since they're on a week nine buy and we expect a return week 10. Then Daniel Jones. Now we're leaning towards a week 10 return here. So it sounds like he had a herniated disc, which means the disc slips out of place in the neck and it starts compressing one of the nerves. It's on his non-throwing side. So basically as soon as he can get enough strength back, then he can be returned to full contact. And he hasn't yet cleared that hurdle, but it sounds like he's very close. So my suspicion is with Daniel Jones, they give him one more week and then week 10, although week nine is not out of the question here, especially with Tyrod Taylor being injured. Then we have Debo Samuel and Trent Williams, both of whom are very likely returning post 49ers by, so week 10. Debo Samuel had that hairline fracture in his shoulder Fracture pain improves a lot between weeks three and four of the injury. So we do expect Debo Samuel on the field week 10 without any performance hit. Trent Williams had the high ankle, and the average on these is about three weeks. Trent Williams projects as a highly durable player, so you would expect him to be in that two to three week range. But because they're on by, we do expect him back next week, the week after, so week 10. Then Ryan Tannehill and he is very likely sitting this week again. These high ankle sprains, and especially since he's had surgery on a high ankle sprain before, they average about three weeks. Ryan Tannehill, given the way Will Levis looked, given the way the Titans look, it's hard to imagine them rushing him back. So we expect him to be eligible to return probably week 10 to 11 here, but we'll see how the Titans progress and how Will Levis progresses to see whether or not they do return him that fast. Next is Justin Jefferson. Now, obviously with the Cousins injury, this team situation becomes a little more dicey, but Justin Jefferson, by data, most wide receivers, especially young wide receivers, would be ready to return and would be near 100%. 
after an IR stint for a hamstring strain. Then Devon Achan, he is also very likely returning as soon as he's eligible after the IR stint. These usually do not cause IR stints, actually. These MCL sprains are usually a two to three week injury. So being on the IR is probably already on the highly cautious side, and that's fine, but that also means that Devon Achan is probably going to be back without a problem when, when he's eligible. And finally, Kyron Williams dealing with what is very likely a high ankle that they put him on the IR for, but because they also have the bye during their during the stint where he's going to be on the IR, it actually gives him five weeks of rest. Most players would return at four. So Kyron Williams will very likely be back when eligible week 12. The one key to remember, though, is that the high ankle does tend to cause a production dip when players do return. So with that, we have to keep keep in mind, Kyron Williams may not immediately look like himself. Usually he will project for that 80 to 90% range of performance. And that is all we have for now. So we'll throw it back over.